0: show, Recorded live. And I'm here with Arbor Mess, one of the candidates for the senatorial election here in the July August general elections here in the Allied States. And this is going to be a two party interview, so tune in tomorrow night for the second half of this exclusive first time ever interview with Arbor Mess. So I want to thank Arbor Mess for joining us. And I just want to start off by our remiss. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's really a a great honor to be able to get to know you and the region better. So I'm definitely ecstatic, and I'm glad that we're going to be able to do this.
0: Well, you're the first person that ever said, I'm honored to meet me, because no one's honored ever to meet me. You just asked for Jonah. That's a different story. I I want to start off with asking who is Arbor Myth? because you just joined the reason I want to say about a month ago, a little bit over. So we really don't know who Arbor Myth is, so that's my first question. Who is Arbor Myth? Who's the person behind the username Arbor Myth?
1: So I am a freshman in college. I live in the beautiful northern Colorado uh, near the Wyoming border, and I have a passion in my real life for helping kids in foster care helping those with disabilities and that's my day job i'm kind of like an employment support specialist so i get those who have barriers to employment to get that job and i work with my uh, town board of trustees to introduce policies in real life and that's why i find the forum's so intriguing because it makes me better in real life while I get to play with all these other great members and get to succeed and, you know, just think of new ideas and techniques to better lives of everyone else. That's who I am. I try to care, which is something that in the real world we find less and less of. People tend to be a little more selfish these days. So I try to think of ways to help others.
0: Well, you go back to what I said earlier. Um, you just joined about a month ago, a little bit over a month. Do you have a history in nation States? Have you been part of other regions before? Because I know there's a lot of people who are, you know, prominent in other regions, and then they come to us or vice versa. Uh, what's your nation States history, if you will?
1: Um, I was in a region a couple years ago, actually, and I was a speaker, I was a delegate, and then, sadly, the region died off, and I found myself being frustrated with nation-states. It was my only region that I had been in, and I had gotten really close with a lot of members there, but as you know, in nation-states, sometimes there can be falling outs that just never come back together. And... When I found allied states, I was like, this kind of reminds me of home. This kind of reminds me of where I used to be. And I'm just excited to start this new chapter and give nation states a go again. How
0: did you find the allied states? Because I know we have some recruitment um, methods because I'm in charge of them. Even though I, I do a horrible job, but anyway. But how, how did you find
1: the allied states? So if I'm not mistaken, I got a telegram from seedy land if I'm not mistaken and I checked out the forum from the link there I tried a couple other regions for like a day or so and just the systems of government that you find in other regions just wasn't compatible with what I'm used to and what I expect from the forum and then when I found allied states I was kind of relieved that there were there was a place where I could feel comfortable enough to propose policies on my first day, even if it isn't just role play.
0: Well, speaking of role play, that was really the first major thing you did was you quickly got into the GovSIM, Government Simulation, that was served by cd about a month ago, and you quickly rose to become the Speaker of Parliament. What was that thought process of getting into Parliament, knowing that you're new, no one really knows you, but you're still running for an office. Because I know a lot of us, we often do run when we first get here. But it is, you know, hard because no one really knows you. Uh, what was that thought process going through your mind when you ran for speaker?
1: So because I haven't necessarily made the social connections with a lot of members yet, I wanted to prove my commitment through policy. And being able to make concrete differences, obviously, in a role-play setting, focusing on issues that aren't necessarily talked about. Like, if you look at the parliament right now, we have bills on the floor about cloning. Uh, That's a debate topic that you don't necessarily find too often. Uh, Wanted to ensure that we're doing everything we can to protect children uh, from abuse and neglect. Um, also creating a renewable energy standard for every state to follow. So as we transition from the way that we consume energy now, we can look forward to a future that's less polluted and more stable and sustainable for the long term. I want to focus on the big ticket items, but in unique concrete ways. And I think that's what was able to get me elected as Speaker by one vote. It wasn't a... uh, It wasn't a clear majority, but I was honored to get the support that I did have, and my deputy speaker is amazing. Uh, When I happen to be busy, they jump right on in and take care of the, the bills that need to be taken care of. We actually just streamlined the process with the Point of Order Act, so I feel like we'll be able to continue this uptick in activity and proposals. And that's what made me think that I could be speaker.
0: Well, from your uh, policies that you propose, um, I'm going to assume you're more left-leaning than right. Um, In real life, are you more, is that, does that kind of transition in real life? Are you also more left-leaning, progressive? Or, because I know a lot of people are like this, they do the complete opposite of their real-life feelings. Uh, when it comes to policy, because it's just a little bit more fun.
1: And I understand that, but I want to feel the passion behind the work. So I definitely take my real world views and try to implement them in a role play setting. So in my real life, or whatever you want to call it, I am definitely left of center, but I honestly consider myself an Eisenhower Republican, I <laughs> I tend to believe that um, there's always a way to compromise. Of course, like let's take universal healthcare. Is that something that I support? Of course, but do I understand that we have a healthcare industry that is completely um, connected to the private sector? Yeah. So we have to come up with a compromise that can gradually get us to where we want to be. It's progress and steps, not leaps. And so it ends up me being a registered Democrat, but actually an Eisenhower Republican who's kind of a moderate through compromise and understanding.
0: Now, through the Parliament, you're obviously going to start to meet some of the characters in the region. Uh, you have a Jonah, who is Donald Wargrave, the Donald Trump-type character. You've got TV Land, who... Depending on the mood, he's either a Democrat or Republican, depending on his character. So you really get to meet um, some of our more of our role players in the region. How's that like um, dealing with, you know, Regina in his Trump character or CD land with his opposite characters, of course? Neil, his ultra right <laughs> character, and that's saying the least. How's that like, you know, dealing with those characters in Parliament?
1: So I haven't necessarily had the experience yet with them in the parliament. Um, We have a few dedicated individuals that are pretty constant in their debating or their um, recommendations on policy, but I haven't had a chance to really get to know them on a character level yet. I mean, I believe all of them have either supported one of the bills and then kind of left the other ones to be. And I don't know if that's just because they're busy with their other forum jobs or if Parliament is not offering the bills that they would like to see. So I do wish to get to know them and their characters better. But as of right now, I haven't yet had that honor.
0: Just overall, because you are an officially Govson GovSIM was very active at the beginning, but you have seen activity drop over time. If you could, let's say you come premier and you're leading the GovSIM, or if you're in, we'll talk about the chancellor and the chancellor elections in a little bit, let's say you're the culture secretary and you're in charge of GovSIM. What would you do? What changes would you recommend to the GovSIM just to make it more active and more fluid in general?
1: So one of my big proposals, um, if I was going to change that aspect of uh, role play, is to create a functioning budget. Because a lot of bills right now, it's we're going to tax cigarettes at 3.7% and an imaginary figure will pop up and pay for all of this. I think that if we took every character who represents their state and as membership in parliament, they had to... Um, give ten percent of their GDP of their stake and we add up all those ten percent then we would have an annual or let's say a monthly budget that budget would then allow us to actually fund things that we want to prioritize and we would have a realistic standard to be held to which creates debate which creates activity which creates um, proposals that cause you know unique uh, ideas to be developed, and that's one of the things that I would like to try. That I think could really uh, put more skin in the game while creating more activity.
0: If if you could just in general sum up your experience the Augustin, you know how would you overall? Because that really has been your introduction to your region has been your participation in gufson how would you sum it up
1: productive to say the least i think that we have been able to work on many topics and build coalitions that support each state has been able to uh, create new ideas while also respecting the rights of those states and that's, that's very important. We have to keep in mind that each state is its own entity, but Parliament is there to be that guiding force. And I think that we have been able to do that in a productive and streamlined fashion.
0: Don't forget, tomorrow night we're going to listen to part two of this interview with our government, and it's going to include more of what is our planning when it comes to running for the Senate his thoughts on the chancellery and the candidates for that, and overall his position from his point of view for the region. All that and more tomorrow night here on election night in Tass. All right, so if you want to run <laughs> to the bathroom, go ahead.
1: <laughs> All right, thank you. I, I didn't no screw that up, did I? Oh,
0: no, 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 it's fine. Because uh, the way I'm doing this – um. Oh, or you're talking about, like, in your responses. or Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's, it's fine. Because uh, I, what I wanted to do was put all, like, the roleplay stuff first on part one uh-huh. and do everything else in part two. So it it has a theme, both parts. So yeah. You go ahead and use the bathroom. I'll be playing on my iPad.
1: for now. I'll be right back. Thank you. Okay. And, yes, right. I wash my hands. All right. <laughs> oh, thank God. Bye. Thank God. Hold on. Hello?
0: You still alive? Hello. (laughs) Yes. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, so I I got lazy, so I really didn't want to go and get up and press the button, so I just kept the call going, (laughs) the recording. (gasps) All right. Well, Well, Uh, I'm going to use this again, too. Uh, that bathroom line. I'm gonna use that against you. Okay. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, uh, I can handle All also... uh, right. Your local career's over before it even began. Well, uh, I guess just i, like I have
1: to go find a corner and cry.
0: Uh, you know, that's that's kind of what we all do, deep down inside.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I'll 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 count down. Tres, dos, uno. <laughs> And of course, I would choke. <coughs> oh, God it. uh, redo that again. Three, two, one. And we're back here tonight with our second part of this two part interview. Don't forget, you can watch part one of my interview with Arbor Miss on yesterday's episode of Election I Pass. So tonight, we're going to get more into now. What is Arbor Miss thinking before it comes to his Senate term? Because he is running for Senate. What does he think of the chancellor candidates? Because it was announced on this very own show, that RMS Mess was going to be the vice chancellor for Zachary. Bring it more on that, as well as just in general, Arbor Mess's views on the region. So I, I want to start off by congratulating you on your senatorial run. Thank you. So, so what is the basis of your campaign? Why are you running to the center of the allied states?
1: So my commitment in the Parliament, I want to take that to the Senate, and I want to create policies that will have a real genuine impact on the forum as a whole. The economy right now, which is probably the thing that I will focus on the most, is kind of dead, and it bothers me deeply, honestly, and I would love to see pay per post. Back, maybe not at the high level that it was, but at a level that will allow new members to actually purchase, participate, and be active in their own right, so my Senate run is as a new member, I want to advocate for those new members, creating a adopt a buddy program that will hold the hands of those who have no clue what's going on and giving them a mentor that could be like, "This is." Uh, Pepe. This is Arbor Miss. This is CD land. And this is how you can get involved. This is how we want you to stay. This is how uh, Parliament runs. This is how the Senate works. Uh, this is who you contact if you are having issues with any part of the region. And then lastly, I would love to see politics have political parties, I should say, have a more vocal role in the Senate. And I say that, I say the word vocal because I don't want them to have power to gridlock the Senate. My idea is very simple. We would create a majority and minority leader which would be able to speak on behalf of their coalition. So right now the progressive party is, if I'm not mistaken, at like 44% um, in the region so they would have the majority leader and that person would speak on behalf of their party within the senate they wouldn't have powers to move bills they wouldn't have powers to gridlock anything the filibuster does that well enough minority leaders that would be more interesting and i think it would create a lot of activity they would have to develop a minority leader coalition of all of the minor parties coming together with one voice being their representative in a broader sense. Of course, each member is going to be able to speak as they normally do and debate on matters as they do. But I think that we can increase activity among our political parties. We can reinvigorate our economy, and we can help those who are at a loss when they first sign up here become an active, vocal, and consistent member in the Allied States. That's the reason why I'm running.
0: Uh, you, you've obviously seen the Senate and this past Senate that's been under the leadership of Monica, Speaker Monica. Looking at what this past session of the Senate has done for the last month, what are your feelings about that Senate? Do you think it was disappointing? Do you think it was lacking in activity, lacking in leadership from the Speaker? What were your overall views on the last session of the Senate that's going to end in about a week or so?
1: So as a new member, it's probably not best for me to make enemies in my first time speaking to the region. But I do have some simple commentary that I'll share to that point. I felt as if the Senate could have been debating a lot more. And I'm not going to say that that was a question of leadership. I'm not going to say that was a question of commitment. But I do feel that if I get the chance to be senator, I will be committed to constantly proposing new ideas that create activity, that allow our region to move forward in a positive and productive fashion while respecting other views. So that that's my view on that. I don't want to get into the the interpersonal politics of all of it, but I do think that we can do better.
0: So you don't want to comment on the role that Speaker Monaco has had in the center for the last month. Or the lack of role, if if I may. It's
1: not that I don't want to comment. It's of course I have a personal opinion. But as someone who's new, I don't understand truly yet all of the things that go into that leadership role or how the region has been functioning over the last years since it's been around. Um, I don't know much about the merger that occurred um, quite some time back. So for me to start critiquing something that I don't have any real experience with yet would be unprofessional, and I want to make sure that I'm always giving respect where respect is due because I understand that that job is important and it has a lot of responsibility, and I don't want to undercut anyone or say anything that could be misconstrued.
0: So would you agree with the statement that a new member you know, coming in and you know, calling out everything that that new member believes is wrong with the region is disrespectful?
1: I believe that you can make your point without being disrespectful. I think that I've been able to prove that in the parliament. As speaker, when I was running for that position, I said I will be proactive. I will be encouraging debates. And those were things I felt was lacking at the time. But instead of pointing fingers, what I did is I put my foot forward and I submitted bills and I gave an address to the Parliament where I said this will be the first wave, the first era of the great debate, where we are going to be focusing on anything and everything. Everything will see a vote because every idea deserves the chance to see the light of day. And that's the same attitude I'm gonna take to the Senate. I'm not here to, you know, say that anyone is lacking or not doing their job. I just know that I'm going to do mine.
0: Well, well speaking of disrespect in debates, and in debates in general, you did get yourself involved in the Lehigh Sectarian State List debate. And some can not say that Lehigh was disrespectful to a lot of those who had an opposing view. And a lot of stuff that Lehigh said was incorrect one such being he believed that D.C. was a state when really it's not. It's just a federal territory. So do you feel that Lehigh was disrespectful in that debate that he had with the likes of TNR, Hunt, Batamia?
1: I believe that he went around I, – I believe that he went the wrong way in trying to make his point. Um, Personally, I thought he had a valid point to make. Whether it was just to have something to do or have something to say, that's neither here nor there. Um, I learned out of that experience many laws that I didn't know existed and many codes that were related to that particular debate. So do I think that he could have been a little more civil? Sure but did he have every
0: right to do what he did? Of course. Well, speaking of debates, one big debate that's going on in the region right now is who will be the next chancellor of the allied states. Will it be free states or or will it be Zachary Turkhan? Now, you were announced earlier this week as the running mate for Zachary on this very own podcast, in an interview I did with Zachary Is that still the case? And if so, what are you guys planning to do? Uh, This is a really big position for someone who has just joined the Legion to run it.
1: So I actually have a little bit of news right here with you today. I will not be his vice chancellor. And that is not due to any political disagreements or personal disagreements that me and Zach had. I just felt that it would be more uh, suitable for me to focus on my Senate run instead of both the Senate and being the vice chancellor. So I believe that Zach is going to make a great chancellor. He still has my support, and he has the platform that will succeed. But I will focus on implementing his platform in the Senate rather than being his running mate.
0: So did anyone influence you? Did Zachary influence that decision? Did Regina influence that decision? Did you not decide not to run as Zachary's vice chancellor? Did pre
1: influence that decision? No one influenced that decision at all, except for me. I was looking at the political landscape, and I made the self-determination that it would be better for me to focus out on one goal at a time. Maybe down the road, if someone else would like to have me on their ticket, once I get a few more notches under my belt, once I have a better understanding of everyone in the region, maybe we can consider that another day, day, excuse me. But right now I want to focus on the Senate and I want to focus on proving to the region that I am committed, dedicated, and going to be a productive voice for everyone. Oh, sorry, my, I'm getting, I'll fix this like my mic was
0: muted. Uh, uh, research. Uh, if you, okay, so you um, have endorsed Zachary before. If you, let's say for whatever reason you endorse Free States, you probably won't because you have endorsed Zachary, but let's say that happens. What would be a reason to vote for Free States instead of Zachary?
1: So as you know, I have endorsed Zachary, and I plan to be a positive and productive member of his team, but I'm not going to sit here and say that pre-states would be a bad choice. I think that everyone has something to contribute, and looking at his platform, I saw several great ideas, and if he happens to win, I'd love to work with him on some of those ideas, but my main priority is to win in the Senate, help Zach get into the chancellery, and implement the platform that we've all agreed upon.
0: Let's say if Free States does win, how would, that, how would you approach a chancellor of Free States, knowing that you actively supported Zachary, his competitor? How would you approach that as a senator?
1: So, it's my job to work with everyone and anyone. And I feel as if me and Free States will be able to get along just fine. Um, Like I said, some of the ideas that he has in his platform are really good. And on those areas that we have common ground, we can succeed. Now, like I said in the previous interview, I am more than willing to compromise. So, if there's an idea that I happen to disagree with, but there's some wiggle room there. We can make that happen. We can be productive together no matter who is the chancellor.
0: Now, in our second election, second major election that we have is not one that will be voted upon by the people, instead it will be voted on by the senators. Let's say you get elected to the Senate, you will have this vote, and that is for the next speaker of the Allied States. Pepe Trican, Trican has announced his candidacy. Rajona Tracan has announced his candidacy. We do not know if Monaco, the current Speaker of the Allied States, if he will announce his candidacy, but let's say Monaco doesn't, it will be between Pepe and Rajona. Who would you support for Speaker of the Allied States and why?
1: So I am definitely supporting Pepe. And that's not against Rajona. That is simply due to the outreach and commitment that I have seen uh, firsthand from Pepe. So that's pretty much plain and simple. Those who are willing to do the job and willing to put in the effort has my commitment. I have yet to see or hear anything from any of the other members running. So that's my philosophy. And that's why I'm supporting Pepe.
0: Now, before we end this debate, I want to know a little bit more about you and your personality-wise. So if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be? One action. Chandler. Chandler. Oh, okay.
1: From friends. I kind of have a very dry sense of humor. I tend to be sarcastic but always in a playful fashion. My philosophy is I can get along with everyone, even those I disagree with. I mean, in my real-world life, I have an entire family that I disagree with entirely on most everything. But, of course, you still love them, you still care, and you still help. And I'm going to take that same philosophy that I have in the real world and bring it here to the forum.
0: Do you have a history of doing um, governmental stuff? Like, I know a lot of schools, um, high schools and colleges have their student councils, um, and they have, you know, some have um, UNs, Model UNs. Were you ever into that kind of stuff, debate clubs, um, that more government simulation type stuff that a lot of schools do, both high schools and colleges?
1: So in high school, I was part of the debate team. I was actually the youngest member of the debate team at my high school. And I am now currently in college for political science. And in the real world, I work alongside um, our city council to implement programs and proposals that focus on bettering the educational outcomes of our local youth. So I've, I've definitely always had a passion for politics, but also I tend to be kind of a wonk uh, I like to get into the details. <laughs> I like to be part of the compromising, part of the, uh, the door knocking, the phone call making, the email sending, the fundraising. It, it's, the whole process is intriguing and almost thrilling for me. So that's another reason why I find allied states to be so uh, complimentary to who I am as a person.
0: Uh, after college, are you looking into a political career,
1: running for a public office, or
0: just serving in a government agency of that like? Um,
1: so, my I, I have a two-pronged approach to my future. Um, first, I would like to be a government-slash-history-slash-social-studies teacher. And then, moving on from there, my ultimate dream job would be to serve as a state representative or state senator, um, not in the United States Senate, but in the state Senate. Um, so I'm actually being part of the solution rather than part of the problem. A lot of times we find people uh, moaning and groaning, and there's another word I could use there, but I'm not going to, about problems that affect everyone But that's all they do is moan and groan. They don't sit down, take the time to do the research, and then talk to those who can change it and say, hey, this is my compelling reason. This is uh, my passion. This is my experience. Let's work together to fix it so we don't have to deal with this problem anymore. And I feel like I understand that we're not technically a democracy. We're a representative republic. But that doesn't mean that you can't represent yourself to your representative because they won't change unless you tell them to
0: well speaking of representatives and moaning and groaning, we are currently in the <laughs> twenty sixteen presidential election. And I I, I want to get your point of view. You have Hillary Clinton, uh, who is a liar and a cook, and then you got Donald Trump, who is oh, and enough said. <laughs> oh God, enough said. Um, what are your What is your point of view in the 2016 presidential election and the mess that that election has been?
1: So, I am a vocal opponent of Donald Trump. I find his laissez-faire approach to most everything uh, related to our way of life and government to be appalling. That being said, I am not necessarily the biggest fan of Hillary Clinton, not to minimize any of the contributions that she has done um, throughout her 30 years of public service. I just believe that she has um, irresponsibly tarnished her own self-image due to laziness. I mean, you look at Bill Clinton meeting with the Attorney General do I believe that they were just talking about their grandkids? Probably. But how does that look on a national scale? A couple days before the FBI director announces that there's not going to be any charges filed against her, and an unprecedented move for an FBI director. It puts a stain on your reputation. It puts a stain on your ability to use your political capital correctly. And I would have supported Joe Biden hands down because he understands what pain feels like. He understands that poverty is a real problem that needs to be addressed. So, And and then, of course, you have Gary Johnson, who I agree. Everyone should be able to get married. I agree that government could be a little smaller, but I don't agree that heroin should be legal. So, of course, I'm not going to be able to support that third-party ticket. And then Jill Stein, who happens just to be Um, running on the coattails of Bernie Sanders just seems more opportunistic than an actual serious politician. So 2016 is, in my view, terrible. If I could vote for Obama again, I would. If Joe Biden was running, I'd vote for him in a heartbeat. What will I do on November 8th? I'll probably vote for Hillary. But as you can tell, I'm not enthusiastic.
0: I don't blame you this. Uh, They're
1: all horrible.
0: They are just uh, – I've never been the biggest Obama fan, uh, President Obama. But this election cycle has made me a fan of Barack Obama. So that's saying something. Before we go, um, I want to give you an opportunity right now. You have the entire region listening to you. What do you want to tell the region right now? The floor is yours, so go ahead.
1: Thank you so much. As I prepare for my Senate run, I want to reach out to all of you individually to get to know you, to understand you and your concerns, and I want to be your voice. I want to be able to know that every time I'm making a proposal, it's something that could better the experience for everyone and those who have yet to come. My passion in my real life is the same as it will be in the region. Committed, productive, and compromising. Compromise is a word that we need to love, and it's something that I feel has been missing in most every aspect of life. So as I bid you farewell in this interview, I want to ensure that you know that you can always reach out to me, and I will be Uh, I will not be shy in getting your opinions and taking your suggestions moving forward. I'm definitely excited to get to know this region better, and I am glad to be able to say that uh, this is home now. One second. So I got
0: some good news and some bad news.
1: What's the good news? Uh,
0: Well, the good news is that I know for sure that most of the debate got recorded. The bad news is that I just went to stop the debate, I mean, the interview, sorry, the recording, and I got a pop-up saying uh, along the lines of connection was lost, so I don't know where connection with us. If you wouldn't mind, you could stay on the call for about five minutes so I can go and see what we're talking. Yeah, um,
1: definitely.
0: So I'm going to mute my mic so you don't hear the background noise. Um, I'll get back on in about five minutes. So just stay on the line.
1: All right. I got you on speakerphone when you come back.
0: All right, thanks.